Hey, as a duct tape marketing listener, we know you're always on the lookout for ways to more efficiently scale your business. That's why I'm so excited to chat about I Digress, another show on the HubSpot Podcast Network. Troy Sandridge, host of I Digress, talks all about how you can eliminate complexity, complications, and confusion from your business equation and create clarity to streamline strategy solutions that achieve scalable and sustainable success. Check out episode 24. Start there. 14 minutes or so. Strategy is power. You know I love that idea. So listen, learn, and grow with I Digress on the HubSpot Podcast Network at HubSpot.com slash podcast network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance and my guest today is Jen Lim. She's the CEO of Delivering Happiness, a company that she and Tony Shea, the late CEO of Zappos.com, co-founded to create happier company culture for a more profitable and sustainable approach to business. She's also the author of a new book we're going to talk about today, Beyond Happiness, How Authentic Leaders Prioritize Purpose and People for Growth and Impact. So, Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John, for having me. Honored to be here. For somebody who's out there thinking, okay, happier company sounds good. <laughs> I like the sound of that. How do you actually <laughs> go about doing the work of creating happier company cultures? Yes, I mean, I guess I would simplify it as in in terms of especially what I went through in terms of working on the book and mm -hmm. in a very you know, 2020 just put a reset on everyone. So the book I was supposed to write as of January 2020 was very different as the year went on. And so that's the biggest question that I've been asking myself in writing the book. And by the end of it, who knew there was going to be a pandemic, global recession, social unrest, and then most closely to me, passing of Tony, what right. that means to write a book in trying to capture what I mean by that. So to that's why in the end, like the Beyond Happiness title of my book didn't happen until after I had to get through that processing mm. of all mm. that. Mm. So beyond happiness in, in terms of what you're, excuse me, asking is the biggest thing that I've learned even when I helped Tony launch Delivering Happiness, the book, and then what I've been running as a company since then is that it really needs to come back to ourselves and starting with our own as we in our models call it me, we community, but like starting with our me of being able to understand and be real with ourselves, not just this, like the highs and the strengths that we bring to the world, but also the lows that we experience and also our own shadows and our own like, like low lights of what we go through in life. And this kind of taps into mental stability and positive psychology. But, but yeah, bringing happiness to organizations comes back to starting with the me. Tony was on the, this show, When Delivering Happiness, the oh, book. Oh, uh, nice. 
Uh, so yeah, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll have to dig up that episode. It was feels 10 years ago. Is that about right? Maybe. Yeah, it's probably yeah. it's 11 years ago, I think. Yeah, that the book came out. Okay. So has the mission of the organization that came from the book, Delivering Happiness, changed uh, over that 10-year period? But you referenced the idea that maybe in the last 12 months it's changed. Yeah, 12 months. And then because the mission hasn't changed in the sense of where we're here about uh sharing the principles of like scientific happiness, positive psychology, how do you affect that in the organizational setting? And essentially the bottom line of that is if you have more happy employees, you'll have happier customers, and then you'll actually have more profitable and sustainable and more meaningful impact into the world. So that hasn't changed by any means, but I think what has been learned from the last, not just 2020, but even the last few years of people getting more real with themselves and as leaders uh, of organizations and companies, et cetera, then that's the biggest shift of let's make sure we're um, attending our greenhouses first. Let's make sure we got the oxygen mask, even though we're not really flying in planes as much, but you know, that we have that on first and what that means in a very practical way of growing companies for a more profitable and sustainable way. So a, a big part of your work, a big part of um, what's in the book, the exercises in the book are around first and foremost, helping people discover purpose. Let's just throw that word out there. I'm a little mm -hmm. frustrated with that word. So let's yeah, talk about that. Totally. Because I love because that, frankly, that you're frustrated because I am too. <laughs> because there's so much out there of telling people you have to go sit in a room and discover your purpose. And I think that idea is really causing a lot of stress because I think people on one hand think, yeah, I should have this grand purpose. It should be maybe even bigger than me. On the other hand, they're very... <laughs> They find it very difficult to really connect purpose to the work they're doing necessarily, and I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of of pent up frustration around this advice of yeah. discovering purpose. And obviously, based on the way you reacted there, I think that maybe you've sensed that a little bit too. For sure, <laughs> and I'm so glad you brought it up because. When 15 years ago, when we were talking about purpose and values at Zappos, like it's a different time. And in the way it's the terms being used now, it's like understandable. People are just like talking about these things and not really sometimes understanding what it actually means. My biggest thing is that it's not intended to be a daunting term. But no matter where we come from, we all have very basic needs as human beings. Like we just want to be heard and understood. We want to love, you know, one another and be loved. Like these things that I talk about in the book, it's just like these very basic physiological and, and mental things and heartfelt things that we all want to be a part of and being able to build that in meaningful ways. And I talk about greenhouses and how like we, we all just grow in life. So what I would love to remove from the term of purpose is that it doesn't have to be this huge endeavor of understanding one's purpose because like you have this like epic thing that you need to try and encapsulate. With purpose, it comes back down to number one, 
and this is also based on the science, but like being real with who we are as individuals, like self-aware of our highs and lows, our own uh, blind spots and things that are that we're really good at. Like number one, that's it. And then being able to just ask ourselves very simple questions. And go ahead, I, I hear. All I was going to say is I think a lot of people would feel very relieved from that description. Mm. Because I think a lot of the pressure is, is this big enough? Is my purpose grand enough? Does the universe care about my purpose? And I think people need to let yeah. go of that. And and just totally. as you said, maybe just realize that we're here, maybe, you know, we're a little tiny, insignificant part of the universe. And, yeah. and we could be okay with that. Yeah. And that's totally on the spot. Like what I, I really think that like we're, if we get real with ourselves first, then there's this sensation of like, we're, mere beings and we're mighty at the same time. Like it just comes all together. And so I was really hell bent on bringing into the book of making it very tactical and understanding like why it's not a huge endeavor to try and understand your purpose, because there are very simple questions we can ask ourselves. And if you're cool with it, I can share Uh (laughs) unless you had other questions. Yeah. So as one of the exercises that we do, like with all of our clients and people that we talk to, is just like, there's a sense of what our talents are and our energy in terms of light. And when I say light, I'm not saying just like all the positive things we do, but all the like the energy when we get so freaking pissed off. I'm, I'm not sure if I can cuss on your podcast, but you just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said freaking, I could have gone the other way. (laughs) So when we get so energized and so like pissed off, let's just say, about what's not going right in the world and what we want to write within what we can do. So what I'm trying to list out here is we have our talents, we have our light of what makes us feel like energized and happy. And there's other stuff, a light of just, I'm so pissed off about this. I'm going to do something different. And then there's a sense of impact. And that impact is like how it's going to manifest in the world. And being able to go through those exercises within our own lives and just ask those questions and answer them, that's one of the most simplest things you could do for our own individual being. Like you can do it by yourself. You can do it with other people. I suggest going out in nature or maybe grabbing like a, I don't know, a glass of whiskey. I'm not sure. Like this is, these questions are so easy to respond to if we take time to, to just answer them and be accountable for them. Because what else are we here for other than to have that higher sense of meaning and being able to tap into it? I, I, for one, think whiskey in nature is the way to go. There you go. Uh, that's, I think uh, the perfect combination. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. HubSpot's CRM platform is easy to adopt. And there are really two reasons, two features that make this possible. The contact timeline and the mobile app and mobile keyboard. HubSpot's contact timeline gives you the historical context you need to get the work done and connect with customers because all of your customer data is in one place. It can serve as a single source of truth. 
In HubSpot, you can take an action right from the contact timeline. Make a call, enroll a contact in a sequence, schedule a meeting, you've got it. And if you're on the go, you just use the mobile app to make it all happen and keep everything up to date. You don't have to spend a lot of time training your team. You can be sure that all the contact information is going into one system, making your team more efficient. Look, better adoption with a CRM leads to better data, richer insights, and a bigger impact on your customer experience. Learn more about how you can scale your company without scaling complexity at HubSpot.com. So because you talk to leaders, because you go into organizations, I'm sure that some of the stated goal maybe for doing this work, helping people find a personal purpose is really so that they can connect with the company's mission. Do those two things run counter sometimes? Or do they end up being like an exercise for the company that everybody has to get on board for? Yes and yes. Because <laughs> it really depends on the company you're part of, the organization you're running, all those variables of, is it, are you a CEO? Or are you a manager of your team? Right. Um, no matter what the role is, what I, I think why I'm so passionate about like what I do and when I see these light bulbs go on in people's minds is that they're all interconnected. And what we can control is, I call this the adaptive age because right now I think there's so many variables that are and changes that are happening exponentially, especially with technology. What can we do as human beings to control what we can and embrace what we can't control? So to that point, it's basically no matter where you are in that spectrum of, oh, yeah, like I have a very purpose-driven company, so I want to make sure everyone is aligned with that too. To the other side of it, I have a team that has no idea what's going on because they're so burnt out and it's hard for them to get on Zoom or just try to make these ends meet of our goals for the company. There's something in between. And I think that's why it's so important to like connect with the, the me in a meaningful and grounded way. So you've referenced exercises. And I know the book has a series of exercises that uh, you walk people through. And, and there actually is, in fact, a workbook that people can download and write their answers on. Do you want to maybe unpack one for us or just talk about one in, in a little more detail? And it, the one I picked out is called The Wheel of Wholeness. Yeah, that's a great, I'm glad you picked that one out because it's the newest addition to my ad within the book and the things that we're doing with everyone that we're talking to. So the wheel of wholeness, and it's actually exactly why I called the book Beyond Happiness, because there's like people that everyone has a certain conception of what happiness means for them. And launched Delivering Happiness with Tony and run the company for 11 years now. There's a different sense of what that means. And so why Beyond Happiness and therefore the Wheel of Wholeness is so important in this time and age especially is that the Wheel of Wholeness, if you can imagine that you have a pie, right? And there's different slices of the pie. In the past, within companies, it's mostly about skills and responsibilities and what they can do in the workplace that's based around their role specifically. What the wheel wholeness brings is that if you imagine that pie and every slice of the pie is different for every individual 
as I'm going to ask you this question in a little bit, but so basically the pie pieces could be about not just your skills, but your mentality at the time, your emotional state, your physical state, your financial state, your spiritual state. And I mean that in a way of whether you're religious or not, it's just, are you connecting to that, that higher purpose thing that we're talking about? But what is magical about the will of wholeness is that you can see the pie pieces and ask everyone in your company or your team to fill out those, like, where are they from a scale of one to 10? And these spaces of what they feel and what the things that they're excelling on or the things that they're challenged by. And all of a sudden you get this very clear data point as to where people are, including yourself. And I'd love to hear where you're at, John, if you don't mind sharing. But this wheel of wholeness gives you this snapshot as to where you are in this more holistic point of view instead of just being there for uh, the paycheck. And that's where it's been like amazing seeing the results. When people feel heard about their whole life, then they'll do more and they'll want to be a part of that company for a long time. Yeah. And I imagine based on the way the wheel is set up and people scoring themselves one to 10, you pretty quickly see is the wheel round <laughs> or is the wheel got some pretty big divots in it somewhere that's exactly. going to make it roll. Yeah, yeah totally. And then yeah, so and it's it, going to be a bumpy road. As I look at it, probably the one that I neglect the most is fun, but a lot mm. of people would probably put definitions on what that means to them. But uh, that's one I always probably, fun relaxation is one I probably always can continue to work on. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. Because of the work that you do and you get called into companies and companies, in some cases, you're in a selling environment to a company on whether or not they should bring happiness into mm-hmm. the uh, organization. So I'm sure that you have done some research or cite some figures about the ROI of happiness. I wonder if you've got some sort of ready figures for companies that do this or companies that have embraced this in the past have seen X uh, value. Yeah. Yes. So the short answer is yes, there's tons of stuff that we've been doing and not just us. And I think that's the beauty of like what's going on because you don't have to call it happiness at all. It's just like more about whatever productivity, engagement, well-being. And truth be told, as I've been in this for years now because of what Zappos was even before that, the more you can get people engaged and the more you make people feel belonged and the more you make people feel like, make sure that they're living their values on a day-to-day basis and that it's not being undercut by someone else not living their values and they're being rewarded because they're a good salesperson or, or being like, especially it's so demotivating if like, Someone's being an asshole. Such, oh, sorry, I did it again. Um, <laughs> cussing on your podcast. But just being a, not a nice person about it. So by being able to get all that aligned, then there are huge dividends in terms of being able to say that your productivity goes up by 2 2.5%. Or your retention goes down by, it goes negative for some of our clients because like people are coming back in to to the company because they want to be part of a company that actually cares about their well-being. Profit goes up like for just an example. So one of the companies we work with is Great Place to Work and Fortune 
is you know, Fortune 100, if this is all part of the way that we gauge measurably, is that for the last 15 years, it's been for those that like basically double down on people, their profits and stock market prices go up by the range of two and a half to three percent, if not more. And we know in the last 15 years, there's been a lot of economic turmoil, ups and downs. But for those companies that actually care about their people and show it in meaningful ways, then people make more money, the companies make more money, the stock market price goes up. So there's all these like data points and whether it's on that level or the level of having a sense of engagement or higher sales for a sales team, like it, it all has checked out for all this time in the last 15 plus years. So the question becomes, if this is all making sense from a data point of view and people and companies are making more money because people are more engaged, then why and why and how can we do things differently, especially now? Yes. Amen. So uh, Jen, tell people where they can find out more about uh, Beyond Happiness and obviously the work you're doing there at Delivering Happiness. Yeah. It's on www.deliveringhappiness.com. That's our original website, but I just launched jenlim.com for the book Beyond Happiness. So that's J-E-N-N-Lim.com for more information on the book and all the things that we're doing to try and ripple out a, a greater impact based on these concepts that we've been doing, whether it's for profits, people, and purpose, they're all intertwined and they can all help each other. Awesome. Thanks for stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast and talking about Beyond Happiness. And uh, hopefully we'll run into you one of these days in real life when we all get back out there on the road again. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Thank you, John. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training, marketing training for your team? If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says training for your team.